Hi, I'm Russ from Nick and Russ Don't Know Anything. And I'm Sarah from Blackbird and Advocacy Podcast. And I'm Tom from Pod Jerky. Join us Friday, July 31st and Saturday, August 1st for Pod V Con via the Facebook group Pod V Con. That's P O D V C O N. It's our first ever virtual podcast. This is a free event, so all you need to do is tune in to watch and listen. We want you to be aware that some podcasts may contain explicit language. So sit back and relax. And enjoy some podcasts from around the world that you didn't even know existed. You will find some real hidden gems in there. There will be live podcasts and panel discussions. That's Friday, July 31st, starting at 6 p.m. Central Time and ending Saturday, August 1st at 8 p.m. Central Time. Thanks for tuning in, and we can't wait to see you all there. Hey, everyone. I am Nick. And I'm Russ. And if you're looking for a podcast about current events that's well-informed, highly educated, and safe to share with your whole family... That's not us. Nope, it's not. But here at the Nick and Russ Don't Know Anything podcast, we have an opinion about everything and don't mind sharing it. That we do. New episodes every Wednesday and Saturday. Check us out at nickandrust.com. And find us on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many more, including YouTube. Thank you, and I love you all. Mwah! Some of the topics discussed on Blackbird, an advocacy podcast, are difficult to hear. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 17 of Blackbird, an advocacy podcast. I am, of course, your host, Sarah. And with me is, as always, my co-host, Dan. Oh, that was exciting. I'm excited that you're here. Whoa, I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Yeah, I hope it's not hot where you people are. Oh, it is so hot today. It is so hot. Oh, we just went for a walk this morning and it was like, whew, yeah. Toasty. I can't, I mean, we're, you know, we're Northeast, so I can't even imagine what it's like south of us. (laughs) Yeah. Pray for Texas. Brutal. Actually, yes, because there's a hurricane coming to Uh, Texas. Yeah. uh, Tropical storm Hannah, I believe. uh So, yep. Hurricane season is starting. Hmm. So we're, we're going to get some weather, I'm sure, at some point up here. And uh, yeah, hopefully you guys don't get too, too hit down there. Hopefully you like surfing. Yeah, good time to surf. Good time to surf. <laughs> All right, banter limit. That was it. Yes. All right, so today's episode is kind of a little segue into next month's dive into the sexual violence in the military that we're going to be doing. So it's only appropriate that we tell this story at this point. Um, We don't know a lot of information about the story. This one's going to be kind of a shorter episode, but it's it's still a really important episode. Um, So we'll we'll get into it. On August 30th, 2019, so this is a a pretty recent case, uh, former chef Daryl Lee Matinane, and I don't really care if I'm butchering his last name, was arrested in Midland, Texas. He had been charged with six felony counts, 
including one count of rape by use of drugs, one count of rape of an unconscious person, one count of sodomy of an unconscious person, one count of sodomy by anesthesia or a controlled substance, one count of sexual penetration of an unconscious person, and one count of sexual penetration by intoxicating or controlled substance. Matinane is a former Seal Beach, California chef. And that's important to note because the survivor of his attack says she was drugged after she dined at the restaurant where he worked in 2018. That's a scary thought. Yes. Jeez. She told investigators that Matinane gave her an alcoholic beverage at Bistro St. Germain in Seal Beach in February 2018. And she says she later woke up at a stranger's apartment and knew she had been sexually assaulted. She could not remember how she got to the apartment. So you go to dine at a restaurant and you assume that these people are using the most safe precautions possible. And this guy is not only... Using it as hunting ground. Yeah. And and you assume when you go to a restaurant that nobody would be dumb enough (sighs) to commit these acts at their own restaurant. At their own restaurant. I know. Like, come on. But now, it, you know, it makes us think, of course, how many other victims are there? Right. If he, if he was caught because of her, you know, I highly doubt this was his first offense. And, you know, but the silver lining is I feel like there couldn't have been that many that he drugged at the restaurant. Because, like, you know what I mean? Like, you're going to know what restaurant you went to, and you're going to know that you had a drink and then passed out. Like, unless you get totally, like obliterated, wasted, and you just think, oh, I guess I got wasted, and somebody abducted me off the street, and I don't remember it. Your first thought, the last thing you're going to remember is being at that restaurant. So the first thing that you're going to tell, like, police is, well, we were at this restaurant eating, and then the next thing I knew. Of course, but how many do you think are really going to come forward? Well, and that's the... And we talk about that all the time, about how victims and survivors don't want to come forward sometimes because they are afraid that they don't... They don't remember something so maybe they're like i don't want to i don't yeah. want to appear like i'm lying because i yeah. can't remember what happened yeah so, no but at the same time i feel like that's less likely to happen like if the if if the drugging happens at a restaurant i feel i, I just feel like people would would report that more than they would report oh i was at a party getting wasted you right know what I mean? right i yeah i get i get what you're saying like i like I, what you're saying is that people don't report because they're because they feel guilty like oh well maybe i just had too much to drink and did some drugs or something but i don't think anyone's going to feel guilty about like going to a restaurant but also <laughs> if you know she obviously she realized that she had been sexually assaulted and and i've said before that you know for most women like we know when when something like that happens our bodies yeah. know oh for sure <laughs> But if if you are drugged and you can't even remember what happened to you right. and you're feeling a little weird, you could just be like, oh, well, maybe I just had too much to drink last night. Right. No, I agree. I agree. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, it could go either way. Right. It could go either way. But it's I'm a just... scary thought to think. Oh, for sure. That you can go to a restaurant and be drugged sitting at a table. And, like, I'm guessing this is a pretty decent place. It's named Saint-Germain. Like, yeah. Yeah. Bistro. Bistro. Bistro Saint-Germain. Saint-Germain. Yeah. I'm thinking this is a pretty decent place. Like, I would literally never expect that. Right. Right. So, that's, yeah, that's a pretty scary thought. 
and you know, we, we have to think too, like, was this his first time? Was mm -hmm. he practicing with her? Was he trying to see if how much he could get away with with her? Because they do that. They'll they'll practice um, sexual predators. So being that he was caught because of her, was it his first time? Or did it just happen to be the one that came forward? Or did it was this the time that he was just so brazen because he was so used to it at this point? Had he already assaulted... 20 people right in a sa in a in a, a safer manner you know what i mean like at parties or whatever it may be and now he's just getting so comfortable with the idea of intoxicating people and raping them that he decided oh i'm gonna i can do this at my own restaurant right. now he just happened to have it in his car yeah saw this this woman dining in his restaurant and said oh i'm just gonna i'm, I'm taking her home tonight mm -hmm. i'm just gonna make her a special cocktail right because like honestly you have to be either a complete moron to commit this act at your own restaurant or be just that brazen, right. that cocky. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's probably the latter. I agree. I agree. I believe it probably is the latter as well, as well. And, and, you know, because this is such a, a recent case, there's probably still so much developing with it. I, I'm sure we'll see if anyone else comes forward saying, Oh, you know what? I actually, I dined at that restaurant and woke up feeling a little strange the next day. Or woke up in a strange apartment the next day. Or whatever, you know, whatever right. it is. So you might be asking if this assault took place in California, why was he arrested in Texas? Well, he had originally been taken into custody in Orange County, California in 2018, but was released a week later. The district attorney's office declined to file charges at that time and requested further investigation. Upon his arrest in Texas, Matt Nain was extradited back to Orange County, where he was held on $1 million bail. In February 2018, Matt Nain was arrested in Orange County, but the DA declined to prosecute. Police Sergeant Michael Henderson told KTLA 5, quote, the Orange County District Attorney has requested additional information in order to go forward with filing sexual assault charges. Our investigators are pursuing other potential leads and victims. So he was arrested, like, soon after the assault took place. But they didn't have enough to hold him. They didn't have enough to charge him. So they shouldn't have arrested him yet. <laughs> Agreed. That was, a, that was a misstep. Agreed. What was he charged? Well, okay, so they didn't charge. They just arrested him without charges? Yeah, I guess so. That was a bad idea. I know. Ugh. I know. I Like I said, I couldn't find a lot of information about this case in that regard. Right. Um, all of the reports that I found on it just said the same thing, which was just that he was arrested, he was released, and then later arrested again. But I agree. That was a huge misstep yeah. to arrest him and not be able to bring charges against him or enough charges against him to hold him. Yeah. So then they released him. And, you know, we always have to think if he was released and, you know, that was in February and he was finally arrested again in August. So that's six-ish months of him being out Right. Um, thankfully, the restaurant, uh, I don't know if they, like, 
technically fired him, but they, like, laid him off. Um, yeah, I mean, that's to be expected. It, right. So he wasn't still working at the restaurant, obviously. But we have to think, why was he in Texas? Was he running from Orange County because he knew that he had done wrong and that they were going to come get him? And he went down to Texas. Was he working in Texas? Was he working as a chef in a restaurant in Texas, potentially hunting new right. victims? Did he have any new victims when he was in Texas? Right. Like, and these we just are don't all, know about it yet. Right. Yeah. These are all things that we have to And that's crazy because that's like a totally like new modus operandi. I've never heard of that. I know. I hadn't like, either. That's why I wanted to do this case because it's such a... You know, we always we always say to be aware of your surroundings, but you never expect to go into yeah, a restaurant 100%. and think that one of the employees, let alone the chef, yeah. is going to be right. Because the yeah, chef I mean, generally doesn't communicate with the outside world. Yeah, and 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 being a chef is a career. It's something that you put, mm -hmm. you dedicate yourself to, and you put time and and usually training into. Like a busboy. Is just somebody that wants to make 10, 12 bucks an hour. Right. They are, you know, that's a transient employee. They can right. come and they can help. But like the chef, you assume is planning to protect that employment. So you wouldn't expect them to do anything. Right. Yeah. Uh, certainly nothing felonious. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and you know, I'm not, I'm not saying anything about bartenders. We have plenty of friends who are bartenders and they're wonderful, wonderful people. But usually you would expect this more from them because they are closer to that like this is what it would be easier for them to slip something correct this was an alcoholic beverage that she had right so yeah, it was you'd much have to make a how, special how did the chef get a hold of the of the of the alcoholic beverage right and that's what i'm saying like they, they, it would have to be that the chef decided like oh i'm gonna send a special cocktail right. exactly. and like i can see that happening you know not a special special cocktail just like a, oh you know the you know these these people seem cool they've been here for like three hours already yeah. they've ordered a ton of food yeah. You know, I went over and spoke to them and they said, oh, the food's so great. So I'm just going to, I want to send them something. Exactly. So, you know, yeah, uh, I, I know we have this margarita on the menu and I have the bartenders make it the certain way for me. Yep. So send send them a couple of those, exactly. you know. So I could, I could see that happening. <laughs> right. But it obviously requires a lot more planning and forethought. And it's a, it's an, it's an unusual thing to happen Versus a bartender handing you a drink, mm -hmm. bartenders hand hundreds of drinks mm -hmm. every shift. So, like, what did the chef hop behind? Did he hop behind the bar and, and was like, "I'm going to make yeah, this yeah. drink. Don't worry about it." Right. You know what I? And like, that's weird. Right. Like again, it happens, but it happens very infrequently. But the chef doesn't hop behind there and make the drink. No, that's what no, I'm saying. No, no, is weird. no. He would. He would say, "Oh, hey, he would say, Kim, can you can make you... this drink for table I, seven? Right. I like the people at seven. Yeah. Make them the margarita the way I like it. Exactly." It's, it's, yeah. it's just, it's, I would like to know how he got his hands on this yeah, drink. Right. Did yeah, he say, the... don't worry, I'll bring it to them and drop right. something in on the way? Right. Like, I want to know if anybody else in the restaurant, any of the other employees thought it was strange that the chef, yeah. you know, because maybe the chef wanted to bring the drink over to the table. That's fine. Maybe the bartender made the drink. The chef was like, hey, I'll bring it over. They they asked for me anyway. You know, right, whatever. Right. And then he dropped something in. But, like, is that what happened? 
Yeah. We, this yeah, is we all, we don't know. <laughs> and unfortunately, like, that's not even the time thing. That's the kind of thing that you're never going to know. Like, those right. kind of really fine details. I mean, we'll know when the when the trial happens. Right, yeah, if you, you watch. You know, the, yeah. yeah. Um, well, uh, assuming that it's recorded, and if it's not recorded on video, then you'd have to somehow get a hold of the court transcript. Right, right. We'll see if anything's released from that. Right. But I would I would want to know that. I would want to know how he was even, even able to get his hands on the beverage. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I could see I could see it happening, but oh no no no, I can see it happening too. I just want to know if it was a normal thing for him to do, yeah. and then if it was a normal thing for him to do, how many other people was he slipping something to? That's what I mean. Like there, there oh, are other, yeah. you know, I get what you're saying. Like yeah, if the, if the police interview the bartender and they're like, oh yeah, he bought he people makes drinks, drinks all, all the time, then yes. then it makes you go ah shoot. Correct. Exactly. <laughs> how many? Uh, yeah. Exactly. Fair enough. That's and that's whereas what if I mean, this is yeah. if the bartenders are like yeah no we he never comes out of the kitchen then you can probably assume that he's never done that before right. But right. yeah, if they're like, oh, he brings drinks to people all the time, yep. then that makes you think, ah, crap, maybe he's... Maybe there are more, exactly. Maybe there are a ton more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And good point. That's, all right, that's, that's a good point. That's my point. Yeah, good yeah, point. yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and these are all things that will that will probably be found out in the investigation that will be brought up at trial, and right. hopefully we can get a handle on the the transcripts or something, yeah. you know? and I mean, for sure, they'll... they'll they'll subpoena as witnesses some of the other employees. Like, they couldn't oh, necessarily... Sure. They couldn't necessarily coerce testimony from him, damning testimony from him, of course, because of his Fifth Amendment protection, but they'll, of course, subpoena every other employee who was there who was there that night. Right. And they'll say, you, you know, you got to tell us. Right. <laughs> it's under oath, so... Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm, she, she'll testify, I'm sure. Of course. And, uh... You know, is she going to say, yeah, he approached the table with it? Right. Or is she going to say, no, our waiter brought the drink over. And then a bartender is going to say, yeah, the waiter brought the drink, but Matinane was the one who made the drink. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Or is there surveillance all, in the restaurant that's going to gonna the... show that he hopped behind the bar at some point and dropped right. something in? Right. That'll all speak to liability and convictability, too. Right. If there's nothing that shows him technically having anything to do with the preparation of the beverage, then that could be a potential way for him to get out of the whole thing or even exactly. get out of some portion of the charges. But yeah, if there's if there's literally surveillance footage that shows him making the drink and bringing it over and handing it to this particular person, then... That's damning. Yeah. Which is good. That's what it's, we want. It's like chain of custody. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's showing that he had his hand on it the whole time. Right. You know, there was no other interference. Right. Um, and, you know, obviously she she says that she woke up in a strange apartment. I'm going to assume, again, I couldn't find this in the report, so a lot of this is, is speculation on my part, but I'm going to assume that was Matt and Nane's apartment. Right. So yeah, that's because another otherwise, thing. how would he have been the one arrested? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So we have to assume that it was probably his apartment that she woke up in and, you know, immediately called the police and said, I woke up in this strange man's apartment. Right. And then it, you know, went from there. Right. So, right. um... Right, because so, they'll just, you know, even if she just, get, if, he, if he's not there and she just gives the police the address... The ad- mm-hmm. You know, they'll talk to the landlord and say, "Okay, who's right. who? Who owns? Who's rents this apartment?" And exactly figure out where he is right now and hook exactly, him. yeah. I have to again commend the police in this case. I don't necessarily 
agree with the fact that they arrested him immediately. But, you know, that could have been someone else's decision. That could have been the DA's decision. Saying, yeah, you know what? We have something on him. Go arrest him. Because they do that. They'll do that sometimes. Yeah. They'll arrest them and hold them until, until they get something. But they can only hold the them evidence, for only a certain a amount, amount of time. time. And it was something like that. That's the kind of thing that evidence can take a long time to show up. It's not like you know for a fact that he murdered someone. Right. And you know where he did it and that it was, you know, uh, multiple stab wounds or something. Right. In that case, you can detain them and that window of time is enough to find right. the knife laying around. Exactly. But in this case, evidence of something like this can be very difficult to come by. Mm-hmm. And they have to do talks on right. the victim. Yeah. And who knows how long that's going to take to come back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's days for sure and, and with maybe weeks. the fact that sexual assault kits are backlogged <laughs> all right. over the country. Yeah. You know, how quickly were they getting results from her rape kit? Not quick enough. Exactly. So to arrest him immediately and be like, oh, we'll get something on him. So we'll hold him. Right. And then to be like, oh, no. We didn't get anything on him. Yeah. We got to release him. We got to release him. And now he could run. I mean, in this case, we know he didn't, but like... Well, I mean, he... he I don't... See, that's the thing. I don't know. if he Did he run to Texas? Oh, yeah. That's, that's like, a good ha- point. Yeah. They obviously knew he was there because they were able to well, get him there. He, he should have kept going. <laughs> right. Right. Maybe... Well, Just maybe a little bit, was. a little bit further. Maybe he was. <laughs> Just a couple hundred miles further. Maybe he was. <laughs> I don't know. Like, that's the thing. I couldn't maybe. find if he had, like, family in Texas. I right. don't know what why he was in texas was he trying to get into mexico if that's the case then why didn't you just take go down to like baja like just go down california that's what i'm saying like this isn't like you know you you robbed a gas station and going over several states is good enough like this is they're gonna they're gonna yeah that jurisdiction is federal yeah i mean it's all federal but they're gonna come get you over something like that and like how did they know that he was in texas yeah. You know, did they follow, like, did he did travel he with something his passport? Else there? Did he commit another crime? Exactly. Right. I have so many questions that I yeah, could, I could so not find any information on this case. Yeah, we're going to have to do a part two to this. We're going to have to do a part two, um, <laughs> especially really. when the trial happens, because <laughs> there's so much that I need to know, and there's so much that I'm sure the listeners are going, but what? No, what I agree. Like, there? And that's you know? what I'm saying. Like, I would be like, guys, come on. You're not telling us anything. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I know. I would do the same thing. I do that all the time. <sighs> When people, like, give us information, and then it's like, we know nothing. I'm like, why are you telling me this? (laughs) But... But don't click away now. Well, no. (laughs) No, the point of us giving you these cases, even if we don't have an ending to the case yet, if things are still unknown, is because we want to inform you of ways that people are able to get to their prey. Right. We want to inform you to be aware of what's going on so that you do not become victim to these things. That's the point of us telling you these cases. Right. Like, apparently, now if you just go for hibachi, you got to worry about getting drugs. I drugged. know. Get that uh, nail polish. Yes. Every, I think every female, and males too, why not go for it? But every single female should wear that nail polish every time the they go out anywhere. The thing about that nail polish, I think it only detects It only certain detects certain drugs. chemicals, obviously. Yeah, so do I don't anyway. know what, what? Do it anyway. Oh, no, definitely. It doesn't hurt. Definitely. Get some, stick it on your pinky. I agree. I agree. And then stir your drink with your finger right. just to be like, oh, you know, I'm just stirring my drink. Right. And then you can, Or just be you know. flat out like, I'm testing this for drugs. <laughs> And then look around you and see who gets sweaty all of a sudden. Right? That's true. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> Take note of that, ladies. Right. 
Like, when the waiter comes, stare him right in the eyes and stick your finger into the drink and swirl. And be like, sorry, testing it for drugs. And see how he reacts. And if he's like, oh, <laughs> okay, call the police. Good point. <laughs> Listen to Dan. <laughs> so, according to the World Health Organization, alcohol and date rape drugs have been on the rise in facilitating sexual assaults. And a 2019 study of 13,310 American women aged 18 to 44 years by Dr. Laura Hawks et al., 22% who said they had been raped reported being given a drug. 22%. That's a significant amount of people. And, and that's, that's only in 13,000 people. Right. And, and you're saying that 22% of reported sexual assaults also reported having been drugged? I feel like that number should be higher. Well... Like, not that I want to give anybody advice, but you're doing it wrong if you're not drugging. Oh my god, stop it. <laughs> no, but I'm being serious. Like, if, like, like if you're going to kidnap somebody, not for sexual assault, for ransom, let's say. Okay. You're probably going to drug them first. Maybe. If I wanted to kidnap somebody, I'm going to drug them immediately. Like, like chloroform them or something. Something. Yeah. In some way, you want to incapacitate them. Yeah. Yeah. Knock them over the head. Right. You might not drug them. That's fine. <laughs> well, you should drug them. Knocking them over head, first of all, is... You, I don't know. I'm, that, that means that 78% of these people are just doing it wrong. Again, not advice. Hashtag not legal advice. But that's the thing, though. Sometimes you don't know if you've been drugged. And that's so why... these are the people. These are the twenty-two percent oh, saying, so you're they, saying they know they reported to have been drugged. Right, but most likely some of them may not have known. But they all get known. a tox screen done, right? Not well, no, not necessarily. These are people who have admitted finally to having been raped. You know, I these get aren't it. necessarily people who went to get rape kits done, and right. no, they don't they don't necessarily have to agree to get a tox screen done. They can say no to that. Why wouldn't you? I don't know. Unless people you're have doing all toxins, of their yeah. all of their reasons for it, but. You can say no to it. You can say no to any part of the sexual assault examination kit. No, I get it. I get it. But I feel like I would be like, yes, please test oh, me for I drugs. Would, I would too. I would say do the most thorough <laughs> right. you can. Do do everything. Test right. everything. Like um, maybe not a bone marrow biopsy, but for sure do a tox screen. <laughs> I mean, there would really be no reason for a bone marrow biopsy. That's why I would say no. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are some that just say, flat out say no. There are some who don't go for... Uh, examinations at all there are some who go too late and the the drugs have already excreted from their bodies right um there are some who don't report their assaults in a timely manner like meaning right. the statute of limitations may have run out right. these could be people who were raped when they were i mean this is 18 to 44 years let's say right. let's say someone was raped at 14 years old right and they're now 44 that's 30 years. The statute of limitations in pretty much every state has run out at that point. So maybe they don't remember mm -hmm. if they had been drugged at that time. Yeah. No, I get it. You know it. what I, I mean? I understand. I understand. So, you know, that's that's the thing with, with statistics. There's always, there's always going to be a margin of error. There's mm -hmm. always going to be... Confounders. Yes. And there's always going to be the limitations to your to your research. So we don't know if 22% is the exact percentage, and it right. more than likely is yep. not. Yep. The, yep. It more than likely is more than 22%.
usually when you hear statistics, it's probably more than because these are people self-reporting. Mm-hmm. So we have to take that into consideration. But furthermore, um, according to the CDC, one out of every six American women has been a victim of rape or attempted rape. These numbers are staggering. One out of six American women. One out of six. That's crazy. Has been that's either ins- a victim of rape or attempted rape. See, that's an insanely high number. Mm-hmm. That's insanely high. Yep. And there are still so many people who don't know if they've been raped because they don't understand what constitutes as rape or sexual assault. So, one out of six. That's... That's insane. Insane. So, I had mentioned that this is sort of a segue into our military discussions for August, and that is because the survivor in this case was a member of the military. Now, I do not know what branch in which she served, so I could not find specific information regarding how that branch handles rapes perpetrated against military service members by civilians. However, I did find information from the Army about how they handle these specific situations, because I really wanted to find out if a service member is sexually assaulted by a civilian does the military still take care of it? Or is it something for civilian authorities? So according to the Sexual Harassment and Assault Response and Prevention, which is called SHARP, from the United States Army, the Criminal Investigation Division of the Army itself would be involved in a case like this. If a service member claims sexual assault by a civilian, the CID will become involved in conjunction with the local civilian police authorities. Though in my research for this case, I could not find anything in regard to military investigators being involved in this case. So now that begs the question from me, did she report it to the military? Or did she only report it to local civilian police? Because I couldn't find anything about the military doing any sort of thing with this. Or... Did she report it to the military? And they were just kind of like, meh. Yeah. They'll take care of it outside. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, you know, because it's this old institution, they tend to have their own set of rules. Well, they literally have their own set of rules. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. UCMJ. But, uh, yeah, it's crazy how easy it is, as we recently learned, for these things to just simply be swept under the rug mm-hmm. and and for people to just think that it's okay, you know? Right. It's crazy. It's an institution with so much power that they can pretty much just do whatever the hell they want, which exactly. is crazy. You know what they say about absolute power. like. Exactly. So, you know, I, I that's another thing I would want to know. Did she go forward with reporting it to the military and was the, you know... I don't, again, I don't know what branch she was in. I don't know how that branch specifically handles these things. So who knows, you know, was she in the Navy and the Navy doesn't handle civilian cases at all? Any Anything with civilian, you know what I mean? This is just the army that I found. So I don't know what other branches do. But we have to wonder, did she bring it to her command and then they just refused to take care of it 
did they say to her, well, you know what? That's not for us to do anything with because it was a civilian who did this to you. You know, whatever. And then they just didn't care about it. And then she took it upon herself to report it to the local authorities. So I, I don't know how that went. And that's why I'm not really finding any information about the military being involved. Or was the military involved and they didn't really do much and they just don't want the press to know that they were involved and didn't do much? You know, there are ways for them to sidestep that as well. Yeah. So, again, there's just, there are a lot of questions with this case. I have a lot of questions. There are hardly any answers. Mm. And I I partly wonder if that's because she's a military member. Right. Is that why yeah, we don't have a lot some, of answers? There may be some uh, interference being run. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll, we'll see that when we get into our next bunch of cases next month. Because... That's that just seems to be the uh, the theme across many 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 different branches of the military. The latest information on this case that I could find was from October 2019, so I am assuming that Matt Nain is awaiting trial. He pleaded not guilty when arrested in August, and with lockdowns due to COVID-19. Legal proceedings are going even more slowly than they normally do, and we know Which how slowly they do. Slow. <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> but fingers crossed, he's not one of those inmates that like gets released because of fear of contracting the virus, right? Because he's a violent offender, and right. they should not be released, right? So we'll see how that goes. The DEA has great information about what to do if you suspect that you have been a victim of a drug-facilitated sexual assault. First, as we always say, call 911. This is absolutely an emergency situation and you require immediate help and immediate medical attention. Not only do you need to get a toxicology examination done in order to see what substances you may have ingested, and these can be metabolized and excreted from the body very quickly, depending on what they are. But you also should get a sexual assault examination performed as soon as possible to not lose possible DNA evidence on your body. You can also absolutely call the National Sexual Assault Hotline at 1-800-656-4673 to speak with trained staff who can provide information and resources local to you. And it is recommended not to urinate, shower, or throw away the clothes you were wearing during the event. This can degrade or even rid the body of evidence of the assault. You want as much evidence as possible on you, with you, to ensure that the investigation can be completed in a timely manner. Yeah, and we know it's gross and it's uncomfortable, but it's really important. And it's so important. It's so worth it. The few hours of discomfort is so worth the fact that you may get justice yes. versus becoming a little bit more comfortable in a situation where you're already super uncomfortable mm -hmm. at the risk of not getting justice. Yep. So there yeah. are actually some of the um, sexual assault examination rooms that I have uh, been in. They actually have showers there. So they'll do the uh, the examination, and then once the examination is done, they'll right they'll in. give them all of the toiletries, shampoo, soap, all that stuff, and just be like, 
go. Take a hot shower, stay in there as long as you need. You know, the, the staff will say, like, go, get get comfortable. We are done with the part where we need you to be the most uncomfortable. So please go do, use the restroom, take the shower, scrub yourself down, feel, get yourself to feel a little bit more normal if you can. There are also some, you know, there are some hospitals that don't have real sexual assault examination rooms, so they don't really, they don't have a shower. Unfortunately, then the person has to kind of stay, you know, the, the most places, most hospitals will also have um, extra clothing for you. So like if they have to take your clothes, they'll give you t-shirt, sweatpants, something like that. Or they'll have you call a family member to bring, bring extra clothes to you, um, stuff like that. So, you know, you can always ask if they have extra stuff on hand. They'll have extra underwear too, some places. Um, but again, these are mostly places that have like legitimate sexual assault examination areas in within the hospitals. So I'm going to actually add a PDF from the DEA in the show notes uh, about the most common date rape drugs used. It provides information about how quickly these drugs leave the body and other information about drug facilitated sexual assault. So if you ever find yourself in a situation like this or you know somebody who has, you can provide this information for them or use this information for yourself and educate yourself. Educate yourself on what these drugs do so that when you um, are possibly interviewed by the police, if this was to ever happen to you, or you're, you know, you're in a sexual assault examination, you're at the hospital, whatever, you know more information. Because a lot of people don't understand a lot about this stuff, so they don't think that they need A, B, and C done. But like we said before, it's incredibly important to follow these steps. And this PDF will explain to you more in depth of why it's so important to, you know, not take the shower or get the tox, uh, tox screen immediately, you know, things like that. So it's a, it's a good, it's a good, um, piece of information for you to read. And something that the DEA suggests that I cannot stress enough to reduce the risk of drug facilitated sexual assault is if you came to the bar or party together, leave together. Do not leave your friends behind. Yeah. And that kind of also goes back into the military thing. You know, no man left behind. Like you, you, you help all of your, all of the people that you came into that unit with, you, you, you come out with. If somebody's leg was blown off, you carry them. Right. Until you get to safety. Yeah. Until you get them to the hospital. If you feel like somebody is, you know, intoxicated to the point where they're, they can't even stand up or their eyes are rolling back in their heads or it looks like they're possibly ODing, you bring them to the hospital. You take them out of that situation. You bring them to the hospital. You don't leave them or you don't allow them to leave without you. So make sure that you're sticking together in that group because it can save lives and it can help. We have so many upcoming cases to discuss where something like this actually happened. And I'm not at all trying to blame anyone for leaving a friend behind at a bar where something ultimately happened, but we, we have to be aware and we have to be protective. You know, if, if, if we came with somebody leave with that, leave with that person. 
Unless you feel uncomfortable. Like, if you went on a date and you feel uncomfortable with your date, then, right. like, don't leave with your right. date. Right, no, that's not what she means. <laughs> she means if your friends all went out, make sure your friends right. all go exactly. back home. Exactly, exactly. If you, le- if you, you know, went out with your girls, say you had a girls' night, you're going out to the bar, you're going out with your five girlfriends, whatever, so it's five people, and say one of your girlfriends meets up with a guy at the bar, and she's like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with him. Say no. Like, no, 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 no. You can hang out with him tomorrow, but you're coming with, you're coming back with us. Right. You're not going anywhere with this random person. Right. And I know that sounds unreasonable to a lot of people like, what? But why can't I go out and get laid? Like, calm down, bro. Right. Or sis. Right, exactly. There are more important things in life. There are way more important (laughs) things in life, like your life. Yes. So just be, be protective of your friends. Yeah. Be protective of your friends. And, you know, keep keep an eye on them. And maybe just don't be obliterated. Like, even if you're going to go out and you're going to have a few drinks and you want to have a good time, that's cool. Have a few drinks and have a good time. But when you get obliterated, anyone can do anything to you. And more importantly, anyone can do anything to your friends and you can't stop it. And if you're obliterated, you don't even know what's going on. So how are you enjoying yourself? Right. Even, right. Exactly. So, you know... Have a few drinks. Right. Get comfortable. Loosen right. up a little bit if you, you want to drink. Keep you. Know what you're doing. Right. <sighs> but. Drink responsibly. I know. But no, yeah. really, drink responsibly. No, for real. <laughs> it's it's so important. It's so important to, to be responsible when you're when you're out. Here on Long Island, we actually have um, a, 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 a grant program. It's called the Long Island Safer Bars Initiative. And it basically, um, there's like a 40 or, uh, 80 hour training, something like that for owners, bartenders, employees of bars or, or play or restaurants that have bars in them. And they go, um, they do this from like town to town. So right now we have one town in Suffolk County that is a part of it because it's a big bar town. We have a lot of big bar towns. Removed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have a, we have a lot. And they that's the thing. They're the gonna, terrace of South Shore of Long Island is bar towns. They wanted to start with one. So they like, basically what they did was they surveyed college students from the island to see what the biggest bar towns were. And that was the number one on the list. So they wanted to start with that one. They're going to go down the list. They're going to mm-hmm. like resurvey and like go down the list. Um one of the towns where I go to school is one of the next on the list. So um, they're going to head out that way and try to try to get that all covered, too, because that's a huge, huge bar town. Basically, they train the staff of these bars, restaurants to look out for the patrons in possible sexual assault cases. So if they see that somebody is uncomfortable with their date or they're like seeing that somebody's stumbling and they only had one drink or if they notice somebody trying to, you know, put something in someone's drink, things like that, they're they're on the lookout. They get trained for what to look out for. They are then trained to either not allow that person to leave the bar with that perpetrator or to call the police, whatever it warrants in that situation. They could possibly kick the perpetrator out. You know, there's a whole bunch of steps that they can follow. 
Um, but it's an it's an initiative to ensure that places like this are being cautious of their patrons and and being protective of their patrons because a you you obviously you want to protect people you want you don't want to know that something's happening and and turn a blind eye to it because that's that's a horrible thing that's a horrible situation to be in but also if you're a business owner and something like that happens in your bar nobody's gonna come to your bar right so it's a good business move as well right to to show people like hey we're actually we're we're one of the safe the safer bars come here to drink exactly exactly and so um what they do is their logo is a lighthouse because uh, we live on Long Island. We, you know, the lighthouses are big thing. If you're in this town, you can see that they have a sticker on their window of this lighthouse to show that they are one of the safer bars. They have like a 90% participation rate too uh, in that town of, of the bars that are participating. So it's actually, it's really, it's, it's a fantastic, fantastic initiative. And I, I hope that more places try to, uh, emulate that. So, Dan, do you have any parting words? No, I mean, just my usual, man. Like, be safe. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I said, you know, everybody wants to go out and get wrecked. Just don't get wrecked. Yeah. You know, have a few. Be safe. Don't get wrecked. Be aware of who you're around. Be, you know, look out for your friends. Be smart. You don't have to. You don't have to be cool. Just be safe. Eh. Yeah. You know. Safety is more important than being cool. <laughs> right. You know. I don't care how hot the guy or the girl is at the bar. If if it seems a little shady, don't do it. Right. You know. I I think I told you the story about way back in the day. I was in a bar in that town that we were just talking about, and uh, I I you know I was just out to hang out, have some drinks or whatever, and like. This girl, who was way out of my league, was, like, trying to sell me on going home with her, like, so hard. And I was like, something is shady here. And I remember, and it's funny, too, because I was wearing uh, my BMW hat, my old BMW hat. And I had, like, kind of preppy-looking shorts on. So I probably looked like the biggest mark on the planet. And I'm, like, a pretty tall guy, and I'm, like, super white, and I'm nerdy. So I was probably just like a giant mark. And I remember thinking like, something's not quite right here. And I remember I went to go talk to my buddy about it. And then basically like a goon, like a guy who like gets paid to hurt people, like walks in and goes over to talk to this girl. And they're like talking and then he disappears. And I'm like, that's the guy she was going to have rob me. Like, I'm 100% sure that guy was going to rob me if I like, quote unquote, went home with this girl. So just... Don't be cool. Like, yeah, you might be, you know, I may have been, I may have looked awesome to my friends and be like, yeah, that girl, I'm going home with her tonight. Like, whoa, well, guess what? I'm not going home with her. Right, exactly. <laughs> I'm going home to my own place without my keys. Your safety is more important. Yeah. Yes. So, so don't, don't succumb to peer pressure. No. No one cares if you can drink six shots in six, in six minutes. No. Do not drink six shots in six minutes. To be honest with you, if, if everyone around you is drinking six shots in six minutes and you're the only one who doesn't, they're not going to even know that you didn't do it in a right. little while. Yeah. Just the next morning be like, oh man, my head hurts so much. <laughs> For real. We got so crazy. 
What'd you spend? $300? You spend $250? I spend nothing, suckers. I'm out. Exactly. You know, just, just, just keep an eye on your friends and just, you, you know, be, be, be conscious of what's happening around you. And if you start to feel like you're slipping away a little bit, don't drink anymore. Right. I mean, honestly, again, like you're going to save yourself money and you're going to possibly save your or someone else's life, uh, dignity, respect. I mean, like there's so many things to think about. And, and I know when you're in the moment, you're kind of like, well, but I want to party. I just want to have fun with my friends. And like, you can still do that. You There's no like. Just do that with a Coke in your hands. Right. Because you're going to be residual drunk. For hours. Oh, yeah. You don't have to keep feeding it. No. No. <laughs> Get I yourself mean, a Sprite. You know, when, when Dan and I go out now, we have a couple of drinks. And then after that, we're on, we're on water or, or Coke or something Cokes. like we that. Usually do Cokes. Yeah, we usually do Cokes. But we'll drink water, too, to hydrate. Um, hydrate. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a good important. one. Hydrate. Especially. <laughs> especially in, in freaking June, July, and August, man. But in the you, Northern Hemisphere. You don't, you don't have to... Go crazy. And, and and if you have a drink and you start to feel like you've had way more, something right. is not right. That's a good point. And if you're there with friends, talk to your friends. Yes. And if you're there by yourself, talk to the bartender. Exactly. If you're at a decent enough place, the bartenders are going to have your back. Yes. You know, maybe you need to go outside and just explain to the bouncers at the door. Be like, listen, I'm just going to take a seat here. I'm done drinking. I feel like I've had too much. Do you mind? Correct. If you're at a decent place, they'll be totally cool with it. Yep. They'll probably chat with you. Probably, yeah. You know? Yeah. And and if the bartenders don't give a crap and the bouncers don't give a crap about you, don't go back to that don't, bar. Uh, correct. Because that's a crappy bar. Correct. <laughs> but, you know, talk yeah. talk to people. Don't, don't, do not walk home. Do not walk home. I don't care if it's a 10-minute walk. Do not walk home obliterated at two in the morning oh we have so many cases coming up about that and uh, it's devastating get a cab it... tell them see if the bar will put the the uber on your tab yeah be like you have my credit card i don't need cash can you get me an uber get me a cab yeah. whatever it is although these days with uber you can just put it on your credit card your credit mm -hmm. attached to the app but do not walk home. No. And do not get a ride home from a stranger. No. No. And, you know... And um, don't keep drinking. And don't take random little pills that people hand you. Right. <laughs> oh, please don't do that. You know, we. I, I don't know if we're going to end up covering the case. Um, so I'm just going to give, like, a little tidbit about the, the case. Um, there was one... Uh, a case where a woman was drunk at a bar. Um, she was with her friends and they left separately. She left on her own and she was walking down the street. She was so wasted that she literally, like she didn't even know where she lived. She couldn't even like tell people where she lived. And there were a, f a couple of women who were hailing, um, I believe like an Uber or something and they saw this group of guys harassing the girl and they stepped in. So good on you, bystanders. Yes. <laughs> um, they stepped in and they said to the girl, like, hey, do you want to ride with us? 
Like we'll take you back to where you where you live because they wanted Super to get her cool. out of that situation. Super cool people. So amazing. Yeah. So amazing. So they took her into their Uber with her and got her back to her uh, her apartment. And you know we need more people like that too. If you see something that doesn't seem right, it's probably not right. It's probably not right. Step into that situation. And those women were phenomenal in that yeah. situation. Because who knows what could have happened right. to her with that group of guys. Right. And yeah, so they're random women. But statistically speaking, you're better off with a random group of women than a random group of guys. Correct. <laughs> Especially when they've got like an actual legitimate like taxi service yep. vehicle with them. Yep. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I don't know if they stepped in and pretended she was their friend. Right. I was like, oh, hey, we thought we lost you. Get into the car with us kind of thing. Yeah. Or well, I've, I've literally seen that happen at bars and clubs yeah. where girls that I'm with will rescue yep. a girl that they don't even know by pretending to be her friend. Absolutely. And they'll just be like, you want to hang with us? And then she'll just hang with them. It the happens the <laughs> all the time. And it's such a wonderful thing. Yeah. We got to look out for each we other. We do have to look out for each other. We really, really do. If we start to look out for each other so many less of these stories will be out and we might not have to do our podcast yeah. anymore. Be excellent to each other. <laughs> be be excellent to each other. I like that. All right. So. It was a lot of final words. That was a they lot were of good final words. Final words they, were, they were great final Feed words. Keep those words, man. Yes, they were. Um, so as always, if you want to get in touch with us, if you have a story that you would like to share on Blackbird, um, we have a lot of survivor stories coming up, which I'm so excited about because that's the new little like segment that we're going to be doing. And I, I don't know why I keep calling it a segment because it's not. It's going to be like actual episodes. Um, but they're, it's so important to hear stories from the mouths of the people who lived them. You know, it's one thing for us to just, like... Speculate. Yeah. To just read a report and, like, tell you guys. Right. Um, but it's another thing to actually hear the people who have lived through these things. And to get the advice from them about their situation. Because that might help you more. Right. If you have gone through the situation. Right. Or if you're if you're putting yourself at risk to be to be in this kind of situation but you remember you listened to our podcast and you listened to this person talk about what they went through you know it, it's better than your friends just telling you like oh hey you've had too much and you're like Meh, whatever right. but you might think like oh i was listening to blackbird and that thing that that one chick went through whew, maybe that'll resonate with you and you'll decide to order the sprite instead of the vodka exactly <laughs> agreed yep so if you have a story you'd like to share you can email us at blackbirdadvocacy at gmail.com or you can DM us on Instagram at blackbirdadvocacy. And always, you know, I'm there to talk if you have something that you just want to, like, get off your chest. If you need information, resources, anything like that, message us on uh, Instagram at blackbirdadvocacy. Um, the beginning of this episode had an ad for PodVCon, so I'm just going to throw that out there one more time. So... This coming weekend, Friday, July 31st, and Saturday, August 1st, we will be having a virtual podcast convention. It's free to attend. Um, and it's, I mean, we have a ton of podcasts that will be streaming live throughout that, you know, 20, 30 something hour period. Um, we have from, from all over the US, we have some from the UK. 
So it's going to be really, really awesome. Um, it's all different genres. You can find the schedule at PodVCon on Facebook. So you can see, you know, if your favorite podcast is going to be on there or if there are some that maybe you want to listen to and you can find a new favorite podcast. And Dan and I will be doing our live podcast. I should probably know. It's going to be weird, man. What time? It's going to be unique. Let's see what time. New experience for us. Come come experience it with us. You'll hear uh, our dog snoring and me banging my chair into the... All the stuff that we edit out usually so we sound like we're so professional. That's going to go away when we go live. Correct. So you will feel one with our silliness. So Dan and I will be going live on Friday, July 31st at 9 p.m. Central Time. So that's 10 p.m. Eastern. Um, and just before that, so at 8 p.m. Central Time, 9 p.m. Eastern, I will be hosting a panel discussion about women in podcasting. And we have like a really, really good panel for that. So I'm really excited about that. Um, but we have, you know, we have a ton of other podcasts that are going to be going on that weekend. Um, there are some that are going to be recorded pre-recorded episodes that are going to play and then the majority of it is all going to be live so you'll get to see some uh, some funny outtakes i'm sure <laughs> at some point throughout the, the so that's yeah. another reason to <laughs> to want to tune into it but anyway so to tune into it you have to be a part of our group pod v con on facebook so find that on facebook join the group and then next weekend, you'll be able to just see everything streamed and you won't have to, like, do anything. Everything will just be there for you to watch. And then if you find some podcasts that you really, really like, obviously, then go find them on wherever they are supported. Your platform of choice. Correct. So, as always, be safe. Be super aware of your surroundings. And continue to social distance if you can. Forever. Let's just call it forever and we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah. I mean, sometimes people just don't like people. So, like, just don't be around people. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, I mean, you know. It's safer that way for so many reasons. Yeah. <laughs> You're just not around people. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next time. Later. We are Pod Jerky, two Canadian buddies serving up multi-flavored audio jerky in every episode. If you like good times, strong coffee, maple syrup, swamp donkeys, hockey, the outdoors, common sense, dogs, conspiracy theories, sports, and life in general, then subscribe and follow our podcast and check out our social media channel at Pod Jerky. Pod Jerky. Make it a double.